Loving Father in heaven, praise and honor and glory be unto your name for your mercy, love and kindness shown towards us and towards the whole world. Lord in heaven, as we see the end approaching, we come before you at this moment that you may prepare us, sanctify us, cleanse us. As we go through the words of our devotion now, we ask, Lord, that by your grace they shall speak life to us. Grant all who would be listening of your Holy Spirit, grant us understanding, quicken our hearts and minds to put into practice all that we need to learn and all that we need to do in preparation for your coming. Put your words in our mouth, Lord, that we may speak words of blessings to all who would listen, that we all may be blessed. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling September 14 Teach the Source of True Happiness Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 by their neglect to exercise proper restraint. Many parents are creating great unhappiness for their children. The youth who are left to constantly seek for pleasure in amusement or selfish gratification are not happy and never can be happy while following this course. Fathers and mothers, Teach your children that the only way to be truly happy is to love and fear God and enforce the lesson by your example. Let them see that the peace of Christ is ruling in your heart and that his love pervades your life. Will you consecrate your own heart to God? that you may exert a sanctifying influence upon your children? Will you separate them from sin and sinners and by living faith connect them with God? It should be the work of every parent to cultivate all that is good and true and noble in his children. It is his duty to correct their faults, to restrain their waywardness. Make the word of God your guide in the education of your children, ever considering what will be for their future good. The mother may bestow upon her daughters an education that will be invaluable by training them to bear their share of the family burdens. The father may give his sons a capital of more worth than gold or lands by teaching them to love useful employment instead of seeking happiness in idle amusements and dissipation. Parents, now is the time to form in your children habits of industry, self-reliance and self-control, to cultivate economy and business tact. Now is the time to teach them courtesy and benevolence towards their fellow men and reverence and love for God. Home should be the most sunny and attractive spot on earth and it may be made such by pleasant words and kind acts and underlying all a steadfast adherence to the right. Let us withhold nothing from him who gave his precious life for us. Fathers and mothers, bring to him your children in the freshness and bloom of youth and devote them to his service. Amen. The title of our devotion is Teach the Source 
of true happiness. For the past three days, we have been looking at the subject of educational reform. And yesterday we saw where this education is to begin. It is to begin in the home. That is the home training ground. We call it the home, the education ground. And what are we to be educated upon? And what is the purpose of true education? It's very important that we have these things in mind as we move on. We have seen from our previous devotions what the purpose of education is to be. We have to understand our purpose in life first before we know what education is to be about. In the book, in the book Education, page 14, paragraph 4, it says, In order to understand what is comprehended in the work of education, we need to consider both the nature of man and the purpose of God in creating him. We need to consider also the change in man's condition through the coming in of a knowledge of evil and God's plan for still fulfilling his glorious purpose in the education of the human race. End of quote. And it is rightly so. Before we go about talking about education, education, we need to understand our purpose. And as we have reiterated over and over again, man's purpose, as stated in Genesis 1 verse 26, is to be in the image of God. This image, true sin, we lost. So, the purpose of education is to restore in man the image of God. I'm reading now, Education, page 15, paragraph 2. To restore in man the image of his maker, to bring him back to the perfection in which he was created, to promote the development of body, mind, and soul, that the divine purpose in his creation might be realized. This was to be the work of redemption. This is the great object of education, the great object of life. Going on, it says, Love, the basis of creation and of redemption, is the basis of true education. This is made plain in the law that God has given as the guide of life. The first and great commandment is, Love the Lord your God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind. Luke chapter 10 verse 27 To love him, the infinite, the omniscient one, with the whole strength and mind and heart means the highest development of every power. It means that in the whole being, the body, the mind as well as the soul, the image of God is to be restored. Like the first is the second commandment, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Matthew 22 verse 39 The law of love calls for the devotion of body, mind, and soul to the service of God and our fellow men. And this service, while making us a blessing to others, brings the greatest blessing to ourselves. Unselfishness underlies all true development. Through unselfish service, we receive the highest culture of every faculty. More and more fully do we become partakers of the divine nature. We are fitted for heaven, for we receive heaven into our hearts. End of quote. What is the source of true happiness? It is in this restoration of us back to the image of God. And how do we know the image of God? It is His law. That is what it means to be restored to the image of God, to follow the law of God. And the law of God divided into two categories as we just read. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love, the, you love your neighbor as yourself. Herein is found the source of true happiness. It is in unselfish service to God and to our fellow men. There is a blessing and a joy and a happiness that comes from this. But you cannot be a blessing to anybody 
unless you are developing yourself your mind your body all of it being developed to the best capacity and best capability that they can reach this is where we have the basis of true education education is to be a tool to restore us back to the image of god that our whole body soul mind strength our affections all of it will be so developed to the highest possible capacity and power that it is used not to glorify self but to glorify god in our devotion for today we are told what parents are to teach their children our high calling page 263 paragraph 2 fathers and mothers teach your children that the only way to be truly happy is to love and fear god and enforce the lesson by your example what is the source of true happiness the source of true happiness is to love and fear god reading from proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 it says where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he this is the source of true happiness in the keeping of the law of god in loving god and fearing him what does it mean to fear god in the book of deuteronomy god said i will teach you now who are listening some people you want to know the definition of fearing god hear this for you in the book of deuteronomy chapter 4 god was speaking to the children of israel and Moses reiterating to the children of Israel what God has said in verse 1 says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. And this land symbolically represents eternal life, that we may have eternal life. Keep the statutes. I go on. You shall not add unto the word which I command you neither shall you diminish aught from it that you may keep the commandments of the lord your god which i command you your eyes have seen what the lord did because of baal Peor. for all the men that followed baal Peor, the lord thy god destroyed them among you verse 9 only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life but teach them hmm? teach them thy sons and thy daughters we are looking at the devotion today teach the source of true happiness and we see the source of true happiness is to love and fear god and what we want to answer from this passage now is what does it mean to fear god now verse 10 says especially the day that thou stoodest before the lord thy god in horeb when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Verse 10 now. So, what is God saying here? God said, Gather them to Mount Sinai, that's Horeb. I want to teach them what it means to fear me so that they can also teach their children. Remember that to fear God is the source of true happiness. That is the source of true happiness. And verse 11 now says, And you came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire into the midst of heaven with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke unto you in the midst of the fire. You heard the voice of the words but saw no similitude only you heard a voice and he declared unto you his covenant which he commanded you to perform even ten commandments and he wrote them upon two tables of stone amen so god said come i want to teach you to fear me so that you can teach your children to fear me why so that you can be happy because in fearing god is the source of true happiness and in loving him and what did god teach them how did he teach them happiness to fear god and he told them 10 commandments in that 10 commandments god said this is how to fear me i want to teach you to fear me and what did god do he took tables of stone and wrote 10 commandments this is how to fear god parents 
teach your children that the source of true happiness is in loving and fearing God. And to fear God is to keep his commandments. And as we read before in the book of Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says, He that keepeth the law happy is he. Psalm 119 verse 1 to 6 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. O that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. That is the source of true happiness. But some people are teaching another source of happiness. The devil has other things to give, telling us all these things will give happiness. Malachi 3 verse 14 and 15 says, You have said, It is vain to serve God. Remember what we read earlier? Unselfish service to God and to fellow men. That is the source of true happiness. And how do we serve God and man? Through the commandments. In the first four commandments, love and service to God, and the last six commandments, love and service to man. You don't choose how you serve man. You serve man based on the commandments of God, not by doing exactly what man says, but by doing what God says you should do for your fellow man. Don't kill, don't steal. Honor your father and your mother. Be courteous, be polite. Don't covet, don't commit adultery. All those things are service to man. And some people now are teaching in Malachi 3, You have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that walk wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Satan has his own teaching as to the source of true happiness. And so the children are requesting for video games. And they want to watch the cartoons. They think that that is the source of true happiness. And then when they get older, they want to have girlfriends and boyfriends, thinking that that is the source of true happiness. And later on, for some, it goes into alcohol, drugs, and then into all kinds of things that make them feel so-called high. They think that that's the source of true happiness. For others, they think it is fashion. And some think it is in great achievements, just having certificates later on then we are pressured to think that oh it's about marriage the devil has so many distractions to make you think that that's the source of true happiness and your perception matters remember if your faculty is wrong your whole experience will be wrong if in your perception you accept this narrative that happiness is gotten from pleasure seeking movie watching one games all these other things i just listed marriage you think that that's the source of true happiness you will function based on that thought and you will be so unhappy when you don't get those things but even when you do get them you will then find that truly those things are not the source of happiness there's this emptiness you feel and dissatisfaction lack of contentment my brothers and sisters whether you are a parent whether you are an adult whether you are young or as a child let all of us learn today in all these things i have listed that is not the source of true happiness as we just saw in proverbs 29 reading from verse 18 it says he that keepeth the law happy is he psalm 119 tells us the man who walks in the law of the lord and keeps his commandment he is blessed psalm 19 verse 7 down to 11 says the same thing psalms chapter 1 reading from verse 1 tells us blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sit nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful but he's in the, he delights in the law of the lord and on the law of the lord does he meditate day and night that is the source of true happiness and jesus himself when he came here on earth was teaching the same thing about unselfish service in the book of matthew 5 he kept on saying it blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are the meek blessed are those who hunger and test after righteousness blessed are the peacemakers blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake blessed are the merciful 
in keeping the law, in having this character that is the source of true happiness. Some of us who are parents, adults today, we had a wrong education and we were taught a wrong means as the source of happiness. We need to re-educate ourselves. As we are trying to educate our children, we must first of all educate ourselves. In teaching the source of true happiness, we must change our own mind first to understand that it is in keeping the law of the Lord. It is in unselfish service to man and to God that we find true happiness. Therefore, we must train ourselves, body, soul and mind to be useful. And that is one of the things we read here in our devotion. In our High Calling, page 263, paragraph 4, we are told, The mother may bestow upon her daughters an education that will be invaluable by training them to bear their share of the family burdens. Now, not just the daughters, but even the sons. What is the share of the family burdens we are talking about here? There is work to do in the family. And it is the mother or the father, anyone, teach the child that there is happiness in cleaning the home, in washing their clothes, their bedspread, in sweeping the ground, in washing the plates, in helping and assisting in preparing the food, in going on errands to buy what is necessary for the home. In doing these house chores, there is happiness because they become useful for, and they can use these skills to help somebody else going on in the reading it says the father may give his sons a capital of more worth than gold or lands by teaching them to love useful employment instead of seeking happiness in idle amusements or dissipation so here we see another thing that we need to develop ourselves in so that we can be of service to god and man remember this is the source of true happiness if you cannot bless anybody's life if your energy is being expended in kicking a ball from place to place and you, your time also, who have you helped? How has that helped anybody in, in engaging in sitting down before a television and playing video games? How has that helped anybody? You must understand that your time and energy as an adult and teach the children also, time and energy is to be used in useful employment. What is useful employment? Things that are productive. When you are true, you know that you have not expended your energy into the thin air and transformed it into something of no worth whatsoever. But the energy was spent and you can see it. The time was spent. You can see the product of that time. You can see the product of the energy because you used it to bless somebody else's life by engaging in useful labor like I have just listed now, the things to be done in the home or even going out to work. So how can parents teach their children useful labor? Going on, it says, Parents, now is the time to form in your children habits of industry, self-reliance and self-control to cultivate economy and business tact. Now you know what to teach them, but how can this be done? It is not by sending your children to a school where they will sit down day after day learning no practical thing just learning of the books while they can learn of the books carry them along in your work don't separate them from your work mothers are you in the kitchen tell your daughter your son to come there with you engage them let them do work according to their age teach them everything not some things but teach it to them based on what they can handle you can teach them even your own business whatever it is are you a doctor are you an accountant are you a nurse are you a carpenter are you a welder whatever it is let them engage in that work with you to the extent that they can and as they get older you increase their responsibilities they may not be able to go and buy and procure the things necessary for the home or for the kitchen work but they can do things in the home according to their age when the time comes as they get older, then you can then involve them in going out to procure things. And in the home, you increase the responsibilities also based on what they can handle. By doing this, you are teaching them habits of industry, business tact, economy. Engage them and let them know. Ask them questions. What do you think? How do we handle this money? What should we buy? And then they can give their answers. And then you find the loopholes in their answer. And they say, oh, I see what you are saying. And then you keep allowing them to think. 
by dialoguing with them and give them the wisdom and show them why your own decision is the better decision and they can agree with you by doing this you are ex- educating them you are preparing them for life you are teaching them habits of industry economy self-reliance you must teach them these things and you need to know how it is by carrying them along don't don't separate them from your work involve them that's the way to teach them again it says now is the time to teach them courtesy and benevolence towards their fellow men and reverence and love for god and how do you teach this if you are not doing morning devotions how can they learn reverence for god you need to do your morning and evening devotions with them and by your own life by your speech by your conduct by the things you tell them and especially the things you do they copy you you can show your reverence for god you can show your reverence for god how are you to show reverence for god the bible says do not take the name of the lord thy god in vain that means don't mention god's name saying you believe in him and yet going contrary to his word you are taking his name in vain when you are not doing the things that he asked you to do and also flippantly mentioning his name correct them today it's a common thing for little children they learn it in school you as a parent may not teach them but their teacher in school keeps on using the name of the lord in vain for every small thing they shout the name of god correct your child and tell them not to learn such things or as a matter of fact we're not even supposed to put our children under people who cannot educate them for the purpose that you know they should be educated do you put a, a civilian to train under a, a soldier when you want him to be a, a civilian or a soldier to train under a civilian when he's supposed to be a soldier the schools of the world do not have the same purpose that we have in mind the purpose of god in education is to restore the image of himself in us but the schools were not made for that purpose it is to put the image of whoever but most likely the devil in them and you see the system of the school with this competition and strife and debate which is the first sin ever committed this competition competitive spirit that the devil had in heaven that is the that is the foundation and basis of the schools of the world he is educating children to be like him the aim of the school is not to put the image of god in man but it's the opposite to put the image of the enemy so we must be careful because mixed in the school are good and evil but you know when you mix good with evil it is still poison it is still evil it's not that everything about the school is bad there are good things there but when it is mixed with all this evil when they do all their parties their drama their proms hmm, and all those other the things they are teaching them even in the curriculum of the school are they teaching them to are they restoring the image of god in the children that is why it is you parents who are to do that if the school is not having the same purpose as yourself you need to take it upon yourself as parents to do what god wants you to do to restore the image of god in your child the schools are not doing that job i'm very sure of that one they may have some good things in them but i know that the purpose of of the schools of the world is not to restore the image of god in your child and in you so you must make a decision based on that how are you going to train your child knowing very well that you need to do these things train them in the way of the lord many people are doing homeschooling now in the u.s everywhere people are doing it i would advise if you must train your child for god you must engage in homeschooling your children that is the way to train them for god because whatever you're doing in the home will be counteracted by the school if you are not doing that homeschooling they are too little to decipher between the good and the evil and while they are learning critical race theory in school and evolution and all other evil things how then can you counteract these things the devil is just like giving the devil your child to train for you what do you think will be the result you must separate come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean thing says the lord i know these things sound very difficult but take courage from the fact that many people are doing it today many are achieving it especially i say in the u.s and even outside the u.s many people are engaging in homeschooling and it's working out for them even one of the richest men in the world elon musk homeschools his children they're not going to the public schools they are homeschooled and we must engage in this those who are wise know that that's what they are supposed to do homeschool your children it is far better 
than putting them in those schools where the devil has access to their minds and puts in their minds evil things that take away the image of God in them. Homeschool your children, I advise, is the best in this world of iniquity that we live in. Teach them benevolence. Let them know that the purpose of money is not to hoard it, but to spend it for the right purposes. And teach them too that extravagance is not the purpose of having money. Both extravagance and stinginess are not good. But whenever there is a need, spend the money. Don't keep the money and love to see it increase. Money was to be used for a purpose. Let them know that they should be ready to give it out and to use it for the purpose for which it was made. And the purpose for money, as we have reiterated many times in our devotions, looking at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, reading from verse 18 downwards, we are told that the purpose of money is to establish that covenant. And we just read what the covenant was now in Deuteronomy 4, verse 10 and 11. The covenant is the law of God, the Ten Commandments to be very specific. It is these Ten Commandments that God gives us money for. Take note, Deuteronomy 4, verse 10, 11. God gave us a covenant, the Ten Commandments. And then in Deuteronomy 8, 18, he tells us that I give you wealth so that you can establish that covenant, the law. And then we go to Jeremiah 31, 33. It tells us that God wants to establish that covenant by writing it in our hearts. Benevolence, economy, money is to be used for the law of God to ensure that I put my place myself in a position, better position, to keep the commandments of God. Teach them, I say, home should be the most sunny and attractive spot on earth and it may be made such by pleasant words and kind acts. The only way to teach children pleasant words and kind acts is by being pleasant to yourself. There's so much more to say on this. I just pray that the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Be encouraged. Perhaps you are a parent and you are looking at yourself. You did not go through this kind of training yourself. Be encouraged. Do you know that Moses for 40 years received a wrong education? And he was supposed to be the leader of Israel. But the Lord saw that he was not ready because he was trained in the wrong school, the school of Egypt, the school of the world. He was not fitted to, to, to lead Israel. God had to cut him away. And he went to stay in the land of the Midianites another 40 years to unlearn everything he had learned in Egypt and be educated by God. It was not too late. Don't look at your age now and say, oh, it's too late for me. Moses was 40 years and the kind of education he learned from Egypt was also wrong because he grew up in Pharaoh's palace and he learned their ways of doing things. He was learned in the school of the Egyptians and in the wisdom of the Egyptians. That's what we are told in the book of Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 verse 22 says, And Moses was learned, learned in all the wisdom of the, of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, that was when it came to pass that, of course, that thing happened and he had to leave. So this wisdom of the Egyptians was not going to be the kind of wisdom Moses was going to use to serve God. God took him away 40 more years to unlearn. So for you, maybe you are a parent or an adult and you are saying, look at the kind of education I need to get. And I never had access to it. The image of God has not been restored in me. When it comes to skill, I have none. I'm, I'm not useful to anybody because I went through theoretical education instead of a practical one that will make me useful to people. It is not too late. I myself was engaged most of my life in this system of education that makes you to lack skills. But be encouraged, Moses, for the next 40 years was trained by God and prepared to be the leader of Israel. It was said later of him that in the whole earth there was no man as meek as Moses. Amen. And I pray that it should be said of us. Though we have received the wisdom of the Egyptians and learned in all their wisdom and be mighty in words and deeds of the Egyptians and not of God, I pray that it should be said of us also as we enter into the school of Christ to be re-educated whether you are old or young, to get this education. It can be, and I pray that it will be said of you and me, that we also are meek, just like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be encouraged. Take it upon yourself. Wherever you see yourself lacking, is it in the habits of industry or the house chores, you are not good at doing that, or you lack skills, or you lack 
habits of benevolence and economy or your words are not kind your acts you don't have pleasant speech and kind acts whatever your problem is be encouraged you can learn it as moses learned you also can learn the lord is willing to help us may that be our experience in jesus name amen amen the title again says teach the source of true happiness the text says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it train up a child in the way that reminds me of that way the narrow way the child should begin early to learn how to walk in it so that when the child would not feel like it the child would have learned to walk by faith train the child now so that the child will not be adverse to religion for if the child is accustomed to walking in the broad way where everything seems easy and sweet with self-indulgence and worldly pleasures then the narrow way that way of life will seem very hard but to do this parents must first learn to walk in that narrow way themselves according to the devotion this responsibility is a grave one most mothers choose to pass it on to others most of the time they are not even at with the child the great danger here is that the child might become lame and so the walk becomes difficult The Bible tells us of a story of a lame prince in 2 Samuel chapter 4 verse 4 it says and Jonathan Saul's son had a son that was lame in his feet he was 5 years old when the tidings came of Saul's and Jonathan out of Jezreel and his nurse took him up and fled and it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame and his name was Mephibosheth you see Mephibosheth's lameness was as a result of forehandling a slack grip of the nurse's hand eternity past 517 says Mephibosheth who had been lame from childhood the nurse of this child had let him fall making him a lifelong cripple the nurse was in a haste making more haste than good speed and by the fall some bone was not maybe a bone was broken or put out of joint and not well set so that he was lame of it as long as he lived and it unfit him he was unfitted for the court or camp see what sad accidents children are liable to in their infancy the effect of which may be felt by them to their great uneasiness all the days of their lives in the pursuit of happiness how many mothers have caused the lameness of their children how many nursing mothers who thought they're doing their child good by feeding them with all kinds of things have brought disease upon them good children are in danger of this lameness Mothers, the happiness of your child depends on a firm grip, good handling, step by step, brick by brick, line by line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Instruct them in the way of the Lord. If you neglect this, they will look back upon their lives and say, My mother made me lame. God forbid. Mothers, let the language of your soul be that of the Shunammite woman. Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me except I bid thee. Do not slack thy hand. Our high calling the second paragraph says by their neglect to exercise proper restraint many parents are creating unhappiness for their children. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 15 that rod and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Child guardians Page 91 It is the veriest cruelty to allow wrong habits to be developed to give the law into the hands of the child and let him rule 
Is that all we see today? Everything the child cries for, the mother will give. Oh, mothers, your work is a great one. I read down from Adventist Home 240. It says, The sphere of the mother may be humble, but her influence, united with the fathers, is as abiding as eternity. Next to God, the mother's power for good is the strongest known on earth. The mother's influence is as unceasing influence. And if it is always on the side of right, her children's character will testify of her moral earnestness and worth. Her smile, her encouragement may be as an inspiring force. She may bring sunshine to the heart of her child by a word of love, a smile of approval. When her influence is for truth, for virtue, when she is guided by divine wisdom, what a powerful Christ will be her life. Her influence will reach on through time into eternity. What a thought is this, that the mother's looks and words and actions bear fruit in eternity, and the salvation or ruin of many will be the result of her influence. Little does the mother realize that her influence in the judicious training of her children reaches with such power through the vicissitude of this life, stretching forward into the future, immortal life. To fashion a character after the heavenly model requires much faithful, earnest, persevering labor, but it will pay, for God is a rewarder of all well-directed labor in securing the salvation of souls. The tenderest earthly tie is that between the mother and her child. The child is more readily impressed by the life and example of the mother than by that of the father for a stronger and more tender bonds of union unites them the thoughts and feelings of the mother will have a powerful influence upon the legacy she gives her child if she allows her mind to dwell upon her own feelings if she indulges in selfishness if she is peevish and exacting the disposition of her child will testify to the fact those many have received as a birthright almost unconquerable tendencies to evil. The enemy of souls understands this. He understands this matter much better than do many parents. He will bring his temptation to bear upon the mother, knowing that if she does not resist him, he can through her affect her child. The mother's only hope is in God. She may flee to him for strength and grace, and she will not seek in vain. Now we see what grave responsibility lies upon the mothers. Now let's read again, child guardians, what the mother should do. Page 85 says, Children are to be taught that their capabilities were given them for the honor and glory of God. To these and they must learn the lessons of obedience. By gentle, persistent effort, the habit should be established. Thirst to a great degree may be prevented those later conflicts between will and authority that so much that do so much to arouse in the minds of the youth alienation and bitterness towards parents and teachers, and too often resistance of all authority human and divine so mothers you understand that it's because you not stamp your authority in the home that is why children do not obey god and they will not find happiness i read down again it says the first care of the parents should be to establish good government in the family the word of the parents should be law precluding all arguments or evasions Children should be taught from infancy to implicitly obey their parents. Strict discipline may be at times cause may at times cause dissatisfaction, and children will want their own way. Yet, where they ha have learned the lessons of obedience to their parents, they are better prepared to submit to the requirements of God. Thus, the training received in childhood influences the religious experience and molds the character of the man. As teachers in their own family, parents are to see that the rules are not disobeyed. 
by allowing their children to go on in disobedience they fail to exercise proper discipline children must be brought to the point of submission and obedience disobedience must not be allowed sin lies at the door of the parents who allow their children to disobey children are to understand that they are to obey page 92 says one precious lesson which the mother will need to repeat again and again is that the child is not to rule he is not the master but her will and her wishes are to be supreme though she's teaching them self control give them nothing for which they cry give them nothing for which they cry even if your tender heart desires ever so much to do this for if they gain the victory wants by crying they will expect to do it again the second time the battle will be more vehement the little ones before they are a year old hear and understand what is spoken in reference to themselves and know to what extent they are to be indulged mothers you should train your child train your children to yield to your wishes this point must be gained if you will hold and control over your children and preserve your dignity as a mother your children quickly learn just what you expect of them they know when their will conquers yours and will make the most of their victory among the first tasks of the mother is the restraining of passion in her little ones children should not be allowed to manifest anger they should not be permitted to throw themselves upon the floor striking and crying because something has been denied them which was not for their best good i have been distressed as i have seen how many parents indulge their children in the display of angry passions mothers seem to look upon these outbursts of anger as something that must be endured and appear indifferent to the child's behavior but if an evil is permitted once it will be repeated and its repetition will result in habit and so the child's character will receive an evil mold mothers you see when children throw tantrums it is evil that's what we've been told here do not look at it and say that i'll just endure it you must rebuke that evil i have often seen a little one throw itself and scream if its will was crossed in any way this is a time to rebuke the evil spirit the enemy will try to control the minds of our children but shall we allow him to mold them according to his will these little ones cannot discern what spirit is influencing them and it is the duty of parents to exercise judgment discretion for them their habits must be carefully watched now we see how grave the responsibility is increasing now again i read page 94 says after the moral sensibilities of the parents are aroused and they take up their neglected work with renewed energy they should not become discouraged or allow themselves to be hindered in the work too many become weary in well doing when they find that it requires taxing effort and constant self-control and increased grace as well as knowledge to meet the unexpected emergencies that arise they become disheartened and give up the struggle and let the enemy of souls have his own way day after day month after month year after year the work is to go on till the character of your child is formed and the habits established in the right way you should not give up and leave your families to drift along in a loose ungoverned manner don't give up is the cry of from the page i've just read now we are to hold the reins day after day month after month year after year we have no retirement here in the sight of heaven we've been told there is no release the battle must continue we are fighting the battles of the lord and teaching the children the right way that's how they will find happiness in being useful now we are we have reasons to to be thankful to god 
for the preservations of our own limbs and senses through the many perils and the weak and helpless state of infancy and to our helplessness in the hands of nurses. Thank God we are standing today and so God had preserved us. Angels had bared oars on, on their arms as it were, lest we dash our foot against a stone. And so we that are parents now, the adults, what is our duty? Our first duty to God and to our fellow beings is in self-development. Every faculty with which the Creator has endowed us should be cultivated to the highest degree of perfection, that we may be able to do the greatest amount of good of which we are capable. In order to purify and refine our characters, we need the grace given us of Christ that will enable us to see and correct our deficiencies and improve that which is excellent in our characters. By cultivating God-given powers to a great degree and to a great extent, everyone is the architect of his own character. Every day the structure more nearly approaches completion. The word of God warns us to take heed how we build, to see that our building is founded upon the eternal rock. The time is coming when our work will stand revealed as it is. Now is the time for all the, to cultivate the powers that God has given us, that we may form characters for youthfulness here and for a higher life. I just read from 164, Child Guardians. Now you see that it is both ways. If we want happiness, we have to find it in Christ, and He will improve us, and we must teach our children that happiness will be found in proper character development in Christ, in obedience to the law of God, and they must learn to obey our laws, that we, as long as we are in obedience, living in obedience to the laws of God, then we are certain that we are leading children to God. I read again from the second paragraph to close, it says, Fathers and mothers, teach your children that the only way to be truly happy is to love and fear God and enforce the lessons by your example. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, we say hallowed be thy name. Lord, we thank you for having called us your children. We dare call you Father if not for the fact that Jesus came and died for us and had drafted us in into this one great family and so we thank you for your word today having taught us that it is time for us to form in our children habits of industry and self-reliance and self-control to cultivate economy and business tact it is time to teach courtesy and benevolence the lord help us to show reverence for you and love for you and help our children to love and serve you help us O oh lord to be susceptible to your word and that we may live by every word and teach it even to our children. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen.